Hello Scrappers, Dro here with a quick disclaimer. Though we always strive to keep our content on Pot Against the Machine accessible to everyone, Call of Cthulhu is by its very nature a dark and sometimes disturbing game system. So just a heads up that this particular McFib series may feature the following. Disturbing imagery. Physical and psychological injury. Discussions of psychological issues. Drugs and drug paraphernalia acts of violence, and other adult themes that, though we strive to keep them at a roughly PG-13 level, could nonetheless be uncomfortable for some listeners. So listener discretion is advised for this series. They were coming back. His children were returning to him. He could feel them, growing closer as they also grew stronger. He was pleasantly surprised. His dog's body usually left the incubators out in the open. More often than not, his children burned up before they could burrow back to him. It made him so sad, but now the incubators were returning, on their own. They'd hatch his children for him inside the old dog's body's dwelling, and they'd all be safe. He'd have to honor his agreement with the new dog's body again, of course, and lose out on most of the children growing in it, but eventually it would become his as well. They all do in the end. everyone and welcome back to Jimmy Fame presents Bonus Against the Machine. More pod for your bod sponsored by Charlie the Liquor Folks Chicken Emporium. More cluck for your buck. We are back playing the Unforgettable Forget-Me-Not by Brian N. Sammons, a, a module for Call of Cthulhu 7th Edition Modern. And we join our uh, brave banshee battlers having recently finally decided to investigate the Cobsham Horror House, the so-called haunted house that they are in this small town of Hemingford to investigate in the first place. They have finally returned, question mark, to the horror house and they seem to have discovered they did in fact go inside before at some point as they have found their missing equipment they've found footprints they've found some odd stuff there appears to have been two vehicles at the location not just theirs uh, the other one has possibly rammed into the house for some reason and eventually after searching around upstairs for a while they decided for some reason that I cannot imagine, uh, I have no idea what made them decide it, uh, but to go downstairs. 
and when they did, they all had a strange memory of possibly being trapped downstairs or the door disappearing, something very odd sounding, at which point uh, Marlin just suddenly collapsed to the ground. And we are going to pick it up there with the three of you who are still conscious making me a grip roll after seeing Marlin collapse. <laughs> um, 65 over 42. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a critical fail, but it's real up there. Yeah, one away. It's a 94. Uh, and what was... Uh, 84 over 40. Okay. I am touched that you're all so shaken. So, Holm, you are going to take four points of grip damage. Ow. And both Cyrus and Obadiah are going to take five points of grip ah. damage. Which does, in fact, have a bit of a mechanical issue to it, because if you take five points at once, your grip breaks. Oh, these are good. <laughs> uh, so both of you just feel like something inside you, like, snap almost. But after that, you seem okay again, like, as okay as you would be after going through this like you definitely feel very shaken up as does Colm but the two of you both for a moment like feel like maybe you're not going to be okay and then you are and I will say though uh, Obadiah you suddenly feel like maybe you're not comfortable going back up that stairway just with how tight it is on the sides like you're kind of dreading when you guys have to go back up. Neat. And I'm sure I'm uh, just fine. And, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Cyrus, uh, you seem like maybe you were able to shake it off. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, no, that's plausible. Uh, and uh, Marlin, I want you to make me a luck roll, please. That is a, uh-oh, that's a 77 over 45. Hey, so... As you're on the ground, you suddenly, you aren't on the ground. You are, in fact, standing in this uh, very same basement, which I will describe the basement now as I didn't really describe it last session, as you guys had just come down here and then you suddenly had those memories. Uh, it is a very large basement. It looks like it probably is the size of the whole foundation. Uh, and it is bare block walls, there are uh, several support pillars and beams up above you um, holding up, you assume, like I said, the entire foundation. It is a bare concrete floor, and there is a boiler to the north that looks like it is long past being working. And there are several like old boxes and crates. A uh, few of them have been broken open. All of the boxes look very like moldy and damp and out of like they've kind of sunken in and disintegrated crates aren't looking too great either the broken open ones don't have anything in them you don't know if any of the rest do and that's all all of you that are awake see but marlin you're also in this basement but no one else is in here with you and you see to the south there is a door there is a large, what looks like 
carved from stone door with a strange symbol on it. And the symbol is glowing a faint red. And you walk up to it and you feel like you don't want to and like you're trying to stop yourself but your legs are moving on their own. And you walk up to this door and it starts opening and as it does, like the elevators from The Shining, there's just like blood pouring out from under the door. And as it opens, it's still going like you think it should be emptying out, but it's still going and you realize that like whatever's on the other side of this just must be nothing but like an ocean of blood and you think it's going to drown you when the door fully opens. And then you, as it like reaches basically your knees and as this door is opening, you snap out of whatever this was and you are awake, surrounded by your crewmates. And now I need you to make me a grip roll. Much better. That's a 12 under 55. Uh, 50? Do I use my new one? You use whatever your current grip under is. 50. So you take one point Ooh. of grip damage. And yeah, you guys are now all in this large, mostly empty basement. What do you do? Marlin, are you all right? I think as Marlin wakes up, just kind of, oh, oh. Did, did y'all see that? Now, I'm going to assume... No, you did not, given that I did not see y'all there, and I am currently on the floor and seem to have been uh, supine at some point. However, that was disturbing, and I do feel the need to leave this place, perhaps once we find Holly. Yeah, leaving yes. as quickly as, as humanly possible would be just just the best, just like my favorite thing. I'm like, Cyrus, so sorry, but he's not a good guy leans over and just kind of pushes the camera back up on Colm's shoulder. What? What did you see? Well, uh, not exactly clear, but it appeared to be some kind of doorway, and and it was like something was compelling me to walk toward it. I, I tried to fight it, but nothing came of it. And, well, when I reached that doorway, it seemed like an ocean of blood poured out, just kept on going. I thought it would plumb drown me. Then I woke up. I don't see any blood or doorways here, but that don't mean something's not right. You heard it here, folks. Something's not right at the Hobsham Horror Blood Ocean House. Marlin Hatman, where was this door that you saw? Would you be able to locate it here with us? I was anticipating seeing something different in the basement, judging by what we had heard from the architecture. This does not appear to be made of, you know, imported ancient stone. Is there a basement beneath the basement? The door Marlin saw was stone, right? It was stone. It looked like it was, like, carved stone. And uh, as Obadiah has pointed out, this basement does not look any older than the rest of the house. It does not look like what you read about his supposed, like, excavated Roman ruins basement that he was supposed to have. Well, uh, I believe the door was right over there. And we'll point to the south. And if uh, anybody wants to examine the south wall, they can give me, uh, if anybody has archaeology, which I am seriously doubting nope. anyone picked that. Uh, if they have listen, if you have spot hidden. Spitting. I'm spitting. English language. Occult. <laughs> Like history, psychology. Uh, you know what? 
if Marlin describes the door, which I'm assuming oh, you yeah, did, like, detail. what you saw, I would allow an occult. Uh, hysterically horrible occult roll, <laughs> 95 over 25. And, uh, Cyrus is... Okay. And is Colm rolling um, anything? Yeah, I'm doing a listen roll since you offered it up, and that seems a little bit weird. That was a 26 under 40, but I think I'm going to throw out those seven luck to make it a crit success. That is a smart idea because a regular success would not have gotten you anything, but uh, in fact, the regular success that Cyrus got on his uh, spot hidden, uh, it just seems like a wall. But Colm, walk up to it, you press your ear against this wall and it's weird, like you knock, you knock, bit you go like one stud over one uh pillar over and knock and you think that there is a hollow on the other side of this plain stone wall that does not look like it has any kind of door or anything but you think that it's that there's a space on the other side so (laughs) he'll take a little bit of a step back and, and point the camera at the place that seems hollow and say there right there that that wall is it's it's thinner than the rest there's a space behind it do you see any way to open it there does not anything that you see it does not appear like it just looks like everything else it doesn't look like there's any kind of like hidden door or anything like that you think maybe if you had like some kind of tools like a sledgehammer or something maybe you could have been, like bust through it but you've got a human sledgehammer Maybe we should look around, huh? Um, now, I'm, this is this is curious for sure, but, you know, not all of us are wall whisperers, so we're going to need to figure out how to get through. So maybe we split up and look around? Yeah. You guys want to give me a find hidden on the rest of the basement to see if you see anything of use, of interest? Like how it lights it up green like it's good. <laughs> no, I rolled a hundred. My eyes fall out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> Just walk right into a pillar. Ooh, with these spot hidden rolls. So I think we'll start with Colm then. What did you get? Uh, 25 under 80. Hey, uh, how about did Obadiah do a roll? Oh, he did a roll, but I think he's so kind of in his head about dreading going upstairs that he didn't see a lick only at 82 over 25 hey uh how about marlin that is a 68 under 80 Eight. and uh how about uh cyrus peanutman cyrus rolled 100 on a d100 and he's gonna push it because there's nothing okay. that can stop me from doing i can't spend luck but i can push it and it would be real bad if i fail huh so what is he doing to uh search differently for this push um just gonna look at the boiler. Cause he was just before, right, so. just kind of going through, like I don't know, maybe he yeah. just like hit something and got a bunch of like gross yeah. dust in his eyes, and he started like coughing, <laughs> black yeah. mold, almost tripped over a crate. <laughs> and he gets a fifty-seven under sixty. <laughs> right. Uh, so he does manage to get a uh, regular success. Like he stops himself from tripping and landing on like a board sticking out of one of these crates. Uh, and decides to go check the boiler instead because it might be a little safer. And around, it's clearly just an old boiler. It does not seem to have any kind of 
uh, issue with it. Marlin, you see, you look around at some of these crates. They are, the ones that aren't already opened are nailed shut, but it, they're old and rotted. You're able to pry one of them up and it's just filled with like old rotted blankets. Uh, you think the rest of them probably just have more regular stuff like that. Home, you find something very interesting. You find on the ground over not where you thought that the wall was thinner, but near that on the ground you find another one of your Fright Finder cards, specifically a Holly card, on the ground and it's crumpled like maybe it's been stepped on. Um, friends, I've I've found a, a trace of a of Holly, at least. I think she was here. He'll hold up the crumpled business card. Well, I guess there's nothing else for it then. Like everyone's favorite childhood beverage, I'm gonna attempt to just <laughs> smash through this wall. So best stand oh, yeah. back. There's a really good chance this goes quite poorly, but I'd rather go through this wall than up those stairs. He is gonna get a running start and make a strength roll to kool-aid man through this wall what could possibly go wrong (laughs) oh no obadiah is the juggernaut (laughs) this is so amazing that if you get an extreme success i'm going to let you Uh, just a regular success 68 (laughs) under 70 okay uh you with a regular success you manage to not injure yourself but you're basically just hitting a wall. Though I will say, as Combe pointed out, there's almost like an echo when you hit it. Like, it definitely sounds like like if you bang on like a wall of a house where there's a room on the other side, like you believe now what Combe said, that there's something on the other side of that wall. Maybe I could grab like the door to the boiler as a, you know, like when people in the action movies jump through a window and they've got something in front of them I can that'll probably help me hurt myself yeah. more or maybe it'll break through uh, this wall you know what? make me a uh, make me a mechanical repair to try and get the door of the boiler off uh, no I'll push it because uh, I have a 74 over 60 I have a pretty good chance of getting this ooh it's worse uh, so what are you doing different uh so he tried to just kind of pull it, yank on it, and he's like, oh, that didn't work. So he tries to, like, he puts a foot up, like, on the edge to really try and throw his weight into it. And something happens. Yep. So I'm going to say the bad thing that happens, you have your foot up against this, bracing it. You're pulling on the door of this, and you are not able to get it off. But unfortunately, you are able to pull hard enough that this rusted thing pulls open and slashes against the side of your leg as it opens. And you're going to take uh, one point of damage. Oh, expletive. Get a corn cob, stat! <laughs> I also think you may need to get a tetanus shot in the future. Yeah, very, with this very <laughs> Even though I know in real life tetanus lives in dirt, not in rust, but maybe uh, Obadiah doesn't know that. He thinks rusty metal tetanus. Well, seeing as he's not long for this world with tetanus, he'll just try and run at the wall again until he... <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. What's next, guys? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I mean, does there seem to be anything around that we could use as a sledgehammer? Did we see anything upstairs? Nothing that you saw. You know what? Marlin, 
Give me an intelligence uh -oh. roll. That is... Oh, hey, that's nice. That's a six. Six under 70. So, Marlin, you get the idea after seeing all of this happening that maybe... Uh, actually, you know what? I'm going to put this... The way you get it, uh, Marlin, I've decided immediately right now, is a fan of the movie Beetlejuice. And you think back in the scene in that movie when they get the handbook for the recently dis uh, the recently departed, and it tells them about like drawing the door on the wall. And you get the idea that maybe if this is as crazy as it seems, if this is actually something supernatural or beyond the ordinary, that maybe if you draw that door and that symbol that you saw in your weird dream, it'll do something. Now, hear me out. In this dream I saw, as I previously described to you in great detail, uh, there was a symbol on that door. And I'm wondering if maybe we could recreate that symbol and recreate that door in a way. Maybe we can uh, find out if it opens. I mean, either that or have a beefy friend here try and bust through it, right? <laughs> well, you could uh, use my blood that's coming out almost as profusely as Cyrus's. I think in a haunted horror house, it's only appropriate, and you saw an ocean of blood, so, you're, you know, just... I don't want to touch your blood. <laughs> oh, don't worry, I, I got this. Now, I'm, I'm, I, now, Comb, I need you to stand with as much light as possible on this situation. Oh, I got it. Uh, real quick, uh, Obadiah, uh, I don't have Sam's little, uh, time middle thing on here, but mark down somewhere that you have an extra die to roll when you want to for saying maybe try using blood when you're making the All right. door. So so basically, I don't know if this is the first time that we've done this, but you can do... I'm trying to think what the actual term for it is because there's a name for it. You roll two ten die, right? Like two of the... the yeah, you roll two tens, yeah, but there's a name for it. It's a... It's a there's like a hamper die, like if it's real bad, you roll two and take the worst, which I can do, which I haven't done to any of you guys yet. Or you can roll two and take the higher if you do something that... Okay, it's bonus yeah. and penalty, so it is bonus. Yeah, so you are taking a bonus die, which you can use on the roll of your choice. Um, okay. Well, now, the more... Uh, Meek amongst you may want to avert your eyes from the screen for what we are about to do next has never likely been done on television before. Now, my good friend here, our, our esteemed Obadiah has been injured in our inquiry into this basement. And now, through a bit of inspiration and the wild, mystical hallucinations the basement gave our good friend. And Combs like swinging the camera around everybody's face, like, over here, Marlin, we're gonna draw a door out of blood. So, dunk my, lightly, <laughs> lightly dunk my fingers. In his in his blood, you know, I'd like to think that I'm still a font of blood at this point. With how, you know, maybe we got a little, we got a little like 
you know. yeah, between the two of you, uh, you got no, plenty of blood. Don't mix your don't. blood with other people's blood. <laughs> blood I've blood really blood. only used one person's blood. Look, yes, I'm against that. What blood? I rub my head against this leg. Now this is bounding, um, and that's that is true. Well, it's a good thing I uh, have trouble <laughs> clotting because this is a convenient source of ink. <laughs> And I'm glad that I could also potentially get tetanus from this, so it's good. It's good all around. <laughs> Just jam my fingers in there. Team Tetanus. This episode brought to you by Tetanus Truths with Jarrell. So I got my bloody <laughs> fingers. Start drawing the door. Now, I'm going to need your help, Marlon. Much like Patrick Swayze guiding <laughs> hands and ghosts, I'm going to need you to show me how to make this symbol. Yeah, Marlon, Marlon does the ghost thing. Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that mental image is absolutely priceless. <laughs> it's the fan art, please. <laughs> oh, like Obadiah's laying so wounded. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no wonder everyone hates us. <laughs> like literally everyone is out. Uh, it's a touching uh, moment. You draw. You. Basically, whether you actually like do it like a ghost pottery style, or maybe just direct him. Oh, it's happening ghost pottery style. You get him to make uh, the symbol. Itch. I'm hoping you guys can see. Yeah. If I drop this onto the layer, onto a layer, you can see uh, this like odd. Looks like a number seven uh, with a jaunty hat. <laughs> yeah, like a backward seven with a weird hat. <laughs> so we draw that. Alright, and when you do, uh, there is this weird shimmering, almost. You're seeing it here today, folks, on, on door drawers. Just really. <laughs> there is this, like, weird shimmering something, and then suddenly that part of the wall is just gone in a perfect rectangle, like, as the shape of a doorway. And beyond it, you see what looks like a like roughly cut cave like that someone like dug by hand type look to it leading off to the south that's a new one Obadiah will try the walkie talkie again Holly Holly are you down there you try it and uh, as you hit it uh, everybody give me a listen roll please I'm gonna push mine but by doing that I'm gonna use my other ear I'm gonna push mine too it isn't covered in bandages. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have a corn cob in it. Ooh, that is. Nice, Cyrus. Uh, so we will start with uh, Obadiah. What did you get on your listen roll? It's a 14 under 20. Right. How about Colm? Uh, 25 under 40. And Cyrus? Uh, Cyrus got a 4 after initially rolling a 94. So that's a 4 under 40. <laughs> so that's a under a 5th. So that's an extreme. And uh, Marlon. Uh, another six, under 40. So Obadiah, you th think you hear something? Maybe it's hard to tell because you're the one talking. The rest of you, though, you all hear, clear as a bell, Obadiah's voice echoing from up the cave. The same words that he said, Holly, are you there? Echoing like an echo or echoing like? Like coming out of the other walkie-talkie? Like you think it's coming from the oh, other walkie-talkie, echoing down this hallway. Let's get on down there. Holly tries shouting as well. Just in case the walkie-talkie isn't there, I'm going to try it. Holly, 
Hark. I'm kidding. Holly, that's not this show. I'm sprinting down the hallway. What's going to draw the gun? Uh, I'm walking down the hallway. <laughs> after, I, after I get loaded, after I get my gun out, I'm just like, I'm gonna, I'm just okay. start coming down the hall behind everyone, of course, because I have to stop and turn around and get a view of the whole basement from inside the hole before swinging around to, you know, just responsible cameraman stuff. I appreciate your dedication to the craft. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Colm, as you're watching it, like, behind you, you swear for a second it looks like it's starting to shimmer, like it's going to turn back into a wall. But then you blink, and it's still an opening. Oh, wasn't there a door there? Oh, no. That's that's oh. an unfortunate thing. Oddly, though, uh, you don't take any kind of grip damage or anything from it. You just, you do happen to see that, though. And everybody else, I see you're all moving down. Uh, Marlin, you are in the front. You eventually come out after a short walk. It's a bit longer than it looks on this map. You walk for maybe a little over five minutes down this rough cut tunnel so you're thinking it's a few hundred feet and eventually you come out into this big big chasm and off to the side of it here uh, as you guys all see on your map uh, to the west of where you open out there is like the closest thing you can think of is it looks it reminds you kind of of almost of like Stonehenge but less weathered, but there is like a circle of standing stones off to this side over here, and they all have these different weird symbols carved into them, and on one of them you see the symbol that you use to open the door, and then there's like several other ones. Each one has a different symbol on it, and in the center of it, there is like a stone slab like lying like someone would be able to lie on top of it is holly on it (laughs) and then to the uh holly is not on it you do not see holly to the then southwest uh where on your map there is that big x there is this that whole little wavy line there is it actually like drops down so it looks like like it's going into like a chasm almost. Chasm within a chasm. And if anybody goes up near the yeah, if anybody goes up near the edge of it, they see down at the bottom of that there is like a much wider tunnel that just looks like it like disappears into darkness. Well, intrepid watcher, here we are, stone seekers, chasm chasers, finding stones and chasms in this not natural, but man-made uh, tunnel of terror. But where, oh where, in the halls of the Hopsham Hole House is Holly? Can we try the um, walkie-talkie again? We don't see it, right? If you try the walkie-talkie again, uh, you do not see it looking around. If you try it again, you don't need to listen this time. You hear it. Uh, Marlin, you're the closest to it. You hear it off the end of that drop, and it's about a 15-foot drop. And you hear, plain as day, the voice of whoever chooses to use this time. I'm assuming probably Obadiah again, since I think he's still holding it, coming up from there. Holly? You down there? No answer, but your voice echoes, and you hear it, like, echoing further away down this much larger tunnel. Holly, 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 Holly. I'd like to examine some stones. 
Uh, you can give me if you want to try an archaeology, uh, if you want to try a history. He looks like the kind of guy who falls asleep in front of the history channel a lot, and he is. That is a seven <laughs> under 60. So this is very interesting because at first you thought like maybe it just wasn't weathered because it wasn't like out in the open. But looking at it, these stones, they're old, very old, but you think that they've been cut and placed into this shape much more recently than they were originally created. And you think back to the article that Obadiah shared about an old Roman ruin that he had brought over, and it wasn't said that it was like standing stones, it was a building. And you think that from looking at this that and it looks like it was done like by hand, like you imagine like Kopcha must have done this with like a chisel and you thinking like how long this would have even taken and how it would have even been possible but you think he basically carved this building up into a set of standing stones and carved these symbols on them. Uh, and it does very much remind you of like a Stonehenge type thing. Like the thing in the middle looks like something that you, like as disturbing as it is, it would be like a sacrificial altar type thing. And the stones are arranged in a way that you imagine if it was outside, it probably would have lined up with like an equinox or stars or like they seem very deliberately spaced. It's not a perfect arrangement, but like the spaces in between them seem deliberate. Interesting. I think I've, I've located our ruins. Looks like the, someone carved them into these obelisk standing stones. Could I, could Obadiah do a library <laughs> use and see if he <laughs> saw anything about these symbols or anything more uh, in the books and articles he was finding? Uh, you can roll if I will tell you it not going to be in anything that you saw. Uh, did any of you I want to say I think one of you did uh, during the original dreams that you had when you all passed out in your rooms did any of you uh, increase your mythos score to above a zero? That does sound familiar. I think it might have been Marlin. Yeah. What's your uh, mythos score say Marlin? The undersea Cthulhu mythos. Yeah it's under Cthulhu mythos. I have a star there but nothing else. So something happened. Okay. I swore, I thought one of you did. Oh, but th- yeah, like that no, wasn't originally. Sorry, that's not super yeah. helpful. All right, pause to go look, go and listen back to <laughs> episode two. Because the issue was it would have been by the amount of grip that you lost, and I don't remember that number. But just for the heck of it, uh, Give me Marlin a luck roll, since I don't remember the number, and I'm gonna make this even. I'm gonna make this easier for you because I failed as a GM to write it down myself. I oh, know that's my uh, poor note taking, but that is a twenty. Hmm, a thirty? Is that what it means when you roll a ten on the d10? You just add ten to it. No, it would be a twenty. That, oh, a twenty. No, that's like a zero. Got it. Got it. Okay, so it's a twenty. And that's under. What's your current luck? Oh, right. Sorry. I know, I normally just have you guys do a, a pass or fail on luck. Uh, 40. 20 under 40. Under 40, okay. And in the meantime, uh, Obadiah, I saw, did an occult roll on it <laughs> and got a 100. Yeah, 100 over 25. So you don't recognize any of these exact symbols, but this whole thing just really does not sit right with you. 
and suddenly, even though this chamber is big, you feel like you're almost like you're starting to hyperventilate, like you have been inside too long and just just not feel good. Uh, make me a power roll, please. Oh, mercy. Um, I could use the bonus thing, yeah. How does that work? Do you want to, you mean like re, like push your roll? Oh, you, no, use your bonus die. Yeah, you would just roll that die and you would replace the uh, tens die with that one. So yeah, roll another d100 and then it's, it's no matter what you roll, yeah. it's five. It's going to end yeah. in a five, but the new one will be the mm. first number. No, I don't want to do that then. Because then I only have a one, two, or three would be under. But if I push, I have a a 40% chance. Mm-hmm. I'm going to push. So you're going to try to push it? Can't get worse than it is. Unless Ooh. it does. 66. I think I'm probably going to black out or something. Luckily, we're not playing Delta Green, so that's not a uh, critical failure. And I'm guessing that, what did you say your power was? 40. Okay. So that is a fail. You suddenly, you need to be outside to the point that you just leave. You leave, you run upstairs, and you go back out that back door, and you just feel like your like lungs are tightening until you can get back out there. Yeah, it takes off. And you all watch Obadiah just take off outside. What does the rest of the party Look do? Look at him go, Obadiah. <laughs> <laughs> Obadiah! Obadiah! Come, are you getting this? Um, I mean, he was probably a little blurry just in the dark, and he he can move, man. But, uh, yeah, I got it. Starting to think maybe that is the correct idea, also, with leaving. We can't leave without Holly. And, uh, going back to Marlin's role now... You're 20 on your luck. You don't recognize any of these symbols, but as with Obadiah, you recognize that whatever they are, they are bad news. And you think, maybe you don't know why you think this, but you think it might be a good idea to, like, try to, like, scratch them out or damage them or something. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I'm getting some real... Mighty bad, sim- mighty bad feelings about these here symbols. I don't think they deserve to be around no more. So, uh, is there anything I can scratch them out with? Like, a small rock? Like, uh, you think that, like, maybe if you could, like, bang on them with something big enough. Like, again, you guys didn't really have much. With, like, you may smack at it with the camera a bit, but you don't know how much that would do to it. You think you might need to, like, come back with a hammer and just smash it up or something. You don't know if there's anything you have with you. Like, maybe if you can get Obadiah or somebody to, like, drag down, like, maybe one of the big uh, equipment boxes and smack that against it. Just, you think anything that would, like, obscure these symbols that are carved into it would be useful. Any kind of damage you can do to that. Need some more So blood. it's not quite as extreme as what you would have needed to, like, bust through that wall. But it's going to take tools. Like, you can't do it with your hands. But you think, like, there's enough big, heavy pieces of equipment upstairs that, like, you can probably smash some stuff against it, and you'll probably ruin the stuff, but you'll also damage the symbols. Well, I don't have anything on me right now, but boy, I sure would love to destroy these symbols here. Suppose we ought to go check on our compatriot, and also our other compatriot. Which compatriot first? Maybe the one we know is alive? I'm sorry, that was dark. Yeah, I think we need to go check on Obadiah. Yeah. So, I with that... We, we need to regroup. Imagine you go back. Uh, as you are 
leaving. Marlin, you happen to be in the back as you're coming up to the where the wall melted away as Colm earlier. You, for just a second, see it like shimmer like it's going to close on you, but then it shimmers again, and you're, again, like with Colm, are even sure you actually saw it or if you just blinked. Uh, but then you're through, and you guys are all able to get back outside where you find uh, Obadiah trying to calm himself down from whatever issue he seems to be having with these enclosed spaces that just is upsetting him. Yeah, you all come up and he's undone his bow tie and his top couple buttons of his undershirt. He's just just trying to take big deep breaths and kind of rocking back and forth a little bit. Are you okay, Obadiah? You're a smart man, Cyrus. Do, do I appear okay? More okay now than when you were fleeing in terror, so... But no, no, you do not. You look as uncomposed as I have ever seen you. I believe you sleep in your bow tie. I've told you not to watch me sleep before. It's very unsettling. Uh, we but need B-roll footage. Just at C-roll at best, but... Yeah, point taken. You know how some things in this whole situation have been upsetting in a, like an emotional, kind of mental health way. I have never been claustrophobic before that I can recall. Granted, I can only recall like two days, uh, but at first these things didn't seem to bother me, and now oh, I'm, I'm mighty unsettled in those, those places. Do you? Do you want to remain up here while we finish exploring that hole? I mean, no small part of me wants to say yes. As a matter of fact, I should kind of make sure the vans, uh, you know, doesn't roll away down the hill. But if I can fight it, I, I want to help save Harley if, if such a thing is even possible. I'm also desperate to get this arc finished in eight, eight episodes, <laughs> so let's go. <laughs> Just... I wanted to roll a psychology roll on my friend because the way that he mentioned, you know, I didn't have a fear of spaces before. So I rolled a 95, but then I pushed it and I got a 16 under 60. But because it's pushed, I also can't apply luck to it, right? It's not how that... You cannot. Okay, cool. So that's just a, that's just a regular success. It's just above extreme. Well, it's still hard because hard oh, is half. yeah, yeah. Hard, hard. Yeah. It's just not an extreme. Yeah. Still, still hard. Uh, you think that it sounds like from what he's got and you you think back like when you were in the basement just like not even that long ago like probably less than 20 minutes ago at this point when you had those weird flashbacks and that's when you saw him like starting to breathe a little harder maybe uh you might not have thought of anything at the time because you guys were all freaked out but you think that maybe something happened then that like you don't think he is claustrophobic like you think something's happened like maybe some kind of repressed memory from whatever happened to you guys is triggering this claustrophobia not gonna share that <laughs> i don't think that's constructive right now so I'm just gonna mentally note it i suppose no oh, do the rest of the other three of you go back down then is it possible for him to try and like willpower through it uh yes you are able to move through everything okay enough to get back into the wider areas without having to make another power roll. And yeah, we'll bring down some equipment stuff so we can... Yeah, damage those things. Like, I want like maybe you grab the uh, floodlight, because that's like just a big metal pole. Uh, maybe 
a couple of the boxes that like the cameras and stuff go in because those are like those like um, you know like aluminum Hulk smash you're able to take some of that and get it downstairs and I will say you do not need to make me a roll for that because if you bang at it enough you can damage those symbols to the point that they don't look like their original shape anymore basically is all you're trying to do sigil scratches I'm sure we'll cobble that together into a montage later to make the scuffing of some symbols look very heroic (laughs) and does anybody uh, try to climb down to where they hear the other walkie talkie I am of an advanced age and um, very little like strength or dexterity Um, if someone can hold on to the camera I, I might be able to climb down briefly before the sentence is finished, Cyrus is holding the camera. <laughs> All right, now you're good. <laughs> I can help lower you down. Maybe even hold down the floodlight pole bent as it is for a way for you to climb back up. Yeah, go on, get. <laughs> oh my god! You know, uh, in fact, if uh, Obadiah is going to help him with that, I will let you. Uh, use a bonus right. die on your climb check. What is... Oh, climb is a... It's a real skill, isn't it? Is it yeah, it's actually a real skill. <laughs> it's a skill that uh, Colm has actually used before oh, when man. he climbed up on top of the van. Starting and ending with climbs, and the two tens were identical. Both rolls are 19s under 20. Just barely, Just not fairly. Seems like a glint of a copper pipe. <laughs> uh, so... You kind of scrabble a little bit, but uh, Obadiah helping you. And again, it's not like a super long drop, and it is very craggy, and you're able to get enough footing to kind of clumsily make your way down. And when you get to the bottom, you look down. I'm assuming you have light with you. or um, do you? Ha- I'm shining down the camera light on him. Scare Spelunkers. Oh, he's shining down the camera light? Oh, in that case, uh, <laughs> uh, so let's be honest with me. Everybody who's looking down where the light is shining uh, is going to make me a grip roll, please. This, is, this isn't going to be good. I don't have to make one, though, right? Because I'm, I'm just chilling. No, you do, in fact, have to make one. Yeah, that's good. I'm happy with the one I rolled, too. It's an 80 over 23. Uh, 64 over 38. Oh, no. 59 over 31. <laughs> I got a 37 under 49, so I'm fine. Marlon is just handling all of this. <laughs> Marlon so is well. unperturbed by this. <laughs> yep. Well, on all three of those, I rolled a 1 on my d4. Uh, so everybody that failed is going to take one point of grip damage as the light shines onto just its. Uh, oh no! It ain't good. What you see, you see? What looks like just at first, you're not sure what you're looking at, and then you realize that it is you found Holly, and it looks like a body that's been like pulped, like that's been like dropped out of an airplane, or like like it's it is not pretty. There is very little recognizable, and 
basically the reason you know it's Holly is you recognize a bit of what you can see of the clothing and you see like a smear against the back wall of this cliff like that you climb down and the best you can think is like something hit her really 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 hard and you see on the ground near this awfulness is the walkie-talkie comb is gonna like very slowly lower himself down like he's 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 staring at barely recognizable remains and and just like pick up the walkie-talkie without ever uh, averting his eyes from her and press the button and and just say uh think i found her i was gonna say but can one could make a medicine but you don't need to make a medicine you know who this is and you have a general idea of what happened even if you're not sure exactly how it happened well i do believe we owe our friend the the kindness of at least figuring out what happened here it looks like the the cave stretches out beyond here like comb can Yes, uh, there is a wide, wide opening, like 30 feet wide, all the way around, like, not a semicircle, but like a three-quarters of a circle kind of thing. And this one does not look like worked stone. This looks like a natural cave. And it just goes on into darkness, and you can't tell how far it goes. Who had the dream? The dream in this cave, or similar. It was like something about, like, trying to kill him or his children, right? Someone had a dream like that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was Marlin's dream oh. that was the one that gave him uh, that let him add the grip he lost to his mythos okay. scores. So it was what was that dream specifically? Uh, he dreamed that he was fleeing down a tunnel and he was injured and something was chasing him and the thing that was chasing him was killing his children was what he remembered. But he didn't, like, it didn't feel like he was a person in the dream. Like, it was weird. We've defaced these stones, right? Like, we can just seal this place up and try and make sure nobody else ever finds the way down here. Calm can't see anything from where they're standing beyond just a tunnel just going. No, it just, it, for all he knows, it can go on forever. Like, there's, and it gets dark very quick inside it. Like, the light doesn't go far in just because it's so big and it seems to go like in a straight line. This is one of those difficult Call of Cthulhu moments where I know what I would be doing. I would be leaving. Yeah, like, yeah, like this would be like a I know. get out of yeah, dodge. Yeah, like, but also, you know, what sort of story does that tell? What are the motivations of someone like Cyrus, for example? <laughs> Colm, how far do you feel like it goes on down there? Beyond the edge of the, the flashlight, I, I mean... From here, it looks like it could go on forever. Yeah, and I will remind you guys, you had some pretty powerful flashlights. Like, you had those big mag lights, and he's shining that down there and can't see any change in it. Well, do we risk exploring? I mean, uh, what, what I suppose, at this point, we'd have to convince someone to come down here, let us draw a blood dough, and then we'd show them Holly, which, like... And then maybe they'd what? Like, I, 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 can they even demolish this place? I don't even think they can. I think this is caught in some sort of legal mumbo jumbo. I don't, I don't think you can demolish a, a cave. I mean, here it is, isn't it? You'd have to cave it in. 
But even if we drop the house, load bearing cave. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be a double cave. It'd be caveception. Yeah, and you know that you're not like under the house anymore. Like from how when you walked down that tunnel. So like you think like even if you drop the house, like that might actually make this more accessible. Cyrus thinks about his journalistic excellence ward, hands the camera to Marlin, and is going to try to climb down. Uh, that is a 30 over 20. Um, do I fall? Oh, no. Uh, Cyrus, you are going to fall and make me... I'm trying to think if I want you to do a dex or if I want you to do a Both. luck. Make me a luck roll, especially since you've been spending your luck. Three. Like it's going out of style. I got a three under 11. <laughs> All right. Uh, you do not take any damage falling. You, like, land on your feet and you're rattled again, but you are relatively unharmed, and you somehow managed to hold onto the camera this <laughs> Oh, no, I, I, hand, I handed the camera off. Oh, yeah, no, off. you said you handed the camera off, yeah. yeah. But I did have a <laughs> firearm, so I did manage mm-hmm. to not shoot myself or calm when yeah, I Yeah, or calm. Yeah. That's actually a good idea, if you just shoot into the distance. <laughs> Does it just, <laughs> do you ever hear anything? Attack yeah. the darkness. <laughs> or it literally ricochets back and kills me. You know what? There. So I'm like, I mean, it's yeah, all it's good. Wiley Coyote all style painted on the <laughs> The echo from firing a gun in a little cave um, deafens us all. Deafens? Yeah. Well, oh my god. That might happen anyway. If this is how it ends, and uh, Big Boy is going to try and squeeze himself into this hole because he hears it opens up down there. <laughs> uh, oh, 18 under 20. Right. Obadiah is able to climb down. He's a marlin standing up at the top of the cliffside. Well, I'm holding the camera, so uh, y'all have fun. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Just toss it down here real quick. That is I'll a... catch it. Yeah, I will say it's a short enough drop that if you drop the camera, like one of them should be able to grab it fairly easily. Yeah, I'll, I'll toss the camera down there, and then I will roll a 22 over 5. No, 22 over 20, sorry. Hmm. I was looking at the wrong line. 22 over 20. Yeah, I was going to say, I think climb starts at a minimum of 20%. Yeah. Spend a couple luck, girl? Uh, do you want to push it or do you want to spend luck? I was going to say, you spend some luck. Yeah. Yeah, I'll spend some luck points. That's yeah, fine. Yeah, so you spend three luck to get that under 20 and you start to lose your footing, but then you're able to get the rest of the way down. And now while all of you are standing in the entrance of this cave with... Holly here with you. You have one more of these memories, and you have this flashback, and this time it's not just voices. This time you remember all of you climbing down here, and you shine your lights into this tunnel. Only you don't see a tunnel because it looks like it's blocked by this big gray rock, maybe not even 10 feet in, that you don't see now. And you're looking at it, and suddenly an eye opens on it, and another, and another. And this surface of this rock just opens up where it didn't look like there was anything, and legs burst out of it. And suddenly there is this, the closest thing you can think is spider, but it's too many legs, too many eyes. The shape is all wrong. It looks like somebody tried to make a spider out of a rock that had never seen a spider or a rock before. 
and it focuses its gaze on Polly, and you all hear, Accept the offer. Become mine. And Holly, just deer in a headlights look, she says, I, I don't, I don't know. No. And suddenly one of these legs just flies out and hits her. And she's dashed against the back of the cave. And these eyes turn and lock onto Cyrus. And in this memory, he hears himself. I agree. Whatever you want. Whatever you're asking, I agree. Oh, God, do not do it. And then it's eyes turn and it locks on Colm. I also agree. I, I swear, I'll be yours. Turns to look at Marlin. Yeah, yes, I, I agree completely. That sounds wonderful. I would like to wake up and go home now. Thank you. Turns to look at Obadiah. Yes, I, I agree as well, good sir. And it's silent. Eyes are just darting between all of you. And then something else bursts out of it that at first you think is another leg. And then you realize it's not a leg. And this long, strange tube starts moving towards Cyrus. And suddenly all of you are back standing in the cave with what's left of Holly. And everyone who isn't Colm, who had already lost his, is going to lose the rest of their grip that I secretly rolled for at the start of this for when this event first happened to them. And Obadiah is going to lose two more points of grip, bringing his total to 12 points lost. Marlin is going to lose another 11 points, bringing him to 15. And uh, for the critical failure on one of his, when I had you guys roll before the start of this, uh, (laughs) Cyrus is going to go from 14 points lost to 21. Cyrus has fully lost his grip. Yes. And Cyrus is just going to sit down where he is and just stare vacantly (laughs) down this tunnel. (laughs) He's going to start laughing. He's going to keep laughing. He's just going to start laughing like peals of like belly bursting laughter. And (laughs) and we said, okay, we said, yes, I'll be yours. (laughs) Believe that. Yeah, I've, I've done my, my peanuts are gone, folks. They, they've done been rattled they come out of rattling existence. out of his pockets and <laughs> onto the floor. And that I think is where we are going to end it. So good night. <laughs> Just four guys hanging out in a cave. Camera still rolling. Four guys yeah, in a cave. Coming the soon host on of the show a- is ABC. Uh... Gone. <laughs> Just totally gone (laughs) absolutely perfectly positioned to start working in daytime television again (laughs) now that i've completely (laughs) lost my mind (laughs) there you go come i'm sure i can get a pundit spot of well anyway we're we're not gonna go that way anyway (laughs) yeah thank you for joining us on four guys a corpse and a cave nope Mm. and a a spider cave spider cave and if if anyone needs Two tickets to WrestleMania 23, I think. 
<laughs> no, I'm still going. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> Good night, Jero. Thanks Jero. for running Good this night, one Jero. shot. who the people of Hemingford know as Rebecca Fairbanks runs her fingers through her hair. I'm forgetting something. I know I am. But she can't remember what it is. Giving up, she puts on her gloves and her sunglasses and grabs her umbrella. She unlocks the back door of the Casa Grande Realty office and heads out towards her car. Evening, ma'am. She jumps and her grip tightens on the umbrella. Luckily, she doesn't bend it or worse, break it. Sergeant Wynn, to what do I owe the pleasure? He's standing by her car, looking at something. Just wanted to make sure you were okay. Heard from the chief this morning that those TV folk got themselves in a bad crash overnight. They're okay, mostly, but, well, I understand they had gone out to meet you at the Cobsom house, so wanted to make sure you had a safer trip home than they did. Damn it. Actually, I... Never ended up meeting with them. Still haven't met any of them, only talked to that landing girl on the phone. I decided it wasn't worth my time talking to some dumb reality TV crew playing Scooby-Doo. Huh, that's odd because they seemed so sure yesterday that that was how you felt, but then apparently Miss Landing got a call out of the blue from you saying you'd changed your mind and wanted to meet her at the house. You're saying you change it again? How does this idiot hick know all that? She smiles at him, fuming on the inside. Sergeant Wynn, I do believe you were led on. I never called Miss Landon back, so if she says I did, she was unfortunately lying to you. I really hope they didn't use that as an excuse to try and break in or anything. She smiles harder, really turning on the charm. He smiles back. Now see, that's real interesting, Miss Fairbanks, because I just happened to be with Mr. Montgomery when Miss Landon came and picked him and the rest of the crew up to go meet you. In fact, I pointed your car out to them when it passed us on the way to the Cobsham house. I have to risk it. She smiles at the officer. All right, you got me. I did invite them back to the house, but... I got cold feet once they got there and started unpacking all that crazy equipment. Told them I changed my mind. They got upset, some harsh words were said, and I left. I I was worried you were here to say they broke into the house or something and didn't want to admit I'd left them alone there unsupervised. I'm sorry that- oh! She drops her umbrella to the ground fumbles at it, 
then gives up and covers her head the best she can with her hands and arms. Are you alright? It, it's my skin condition. I'm very sensitive to the sun. Can you grab that for me, please? Wynne steps closer, bends down. He doesn't see as the woman whose name isn't Miss Fairbanks lifts one of her hands high above her head, making a fist. He doesn't see the steam start to rise as the lowering sun hits the exposed skin on her face. But maybe he hears the sizzle as he looks up just in time for her closed fist to slam into his face with a meaty thud. He drops, dead from the force of the blow before he even hits the ground. She quickly picks the umbrella back up in her right hand, then effortlessly lifts his body with her left. She opens the door to her car and throws him across the console into the passenger side where he lands in a heap. He looks at the front of the car where he'd been inspecting and sees a large dent in the front fender. Damn, must have done that when I hit the post last night. I'm getting too sloppy. Not that it was just sloppiness. It was fear, too. Fear of the ticking clock inside her. Her skin still feels like it's burning, even with the umbrella. She gets into the car quickly and starts heading towards the house. Her house. She'll have to do something about Wynn's car, but she's not too worried. He parked off the street, and she has his keys. Not that she hasn't gotten very good at hot wiring over the years. Halfway there, she has to pull over. They're close. They're growing faster than usual. She pricks her finger, pulls up her blouse, and uses the blood to paint one of Benjamin's symbols on her stomach. The pain subsides some, but not entirely. Have to get to the altar. She starts the car back up and drives the rest of the way to the house. She sees that damn van in the driveway. But there's no sign of the Fright Finders. What a stupid name. And that ridiculous phone call. Worst English accent I've heard since Dick Van Dyke. She looks into the window of the van as she passes by and notices something. She sets her umbrella down, and the pain instantly ratchets back up as the sun hits her full on. She grimaces, but she has to do this. She's been forgetting too much, been too sloppy. She forces open the door and reaches down into the passenger footwell, pulls out one of her business cards from where it sits half hidden under the floor mat and shoves it into her pocket before quickly grabbing the umbrella again. She goes to the passenger side of her own car and pulls Wynn out. She heads up to the steps and tosses the umbrella aside once she's under the porch ceiling. She unlocks the lockbox on the front door, then swings it open, the boards nailed to it, but not the wall around it swinging out with it. Honey, I'm home. She laughs to herself and steps inside. She notices immediately that one of the video cameras is gone. Great, now I'll have to deal with that again. She heads to the kitchen and sees the basement door is open. Well, at least something is going my way. She heads down. She finds the first one at the foot of the stairs. It's the skinny one. Colton or something like that. Though if it weren't for the long hair, she doubted anyone in town would even be able to identify him now. Not that any of those yokels will ever find him. She sets the cop's body down next to him, walks over to a crate, grabs the lid and pries it off, the muscles in her arms bunching and the nails squealing. She pulls out a blanket. Sorry, Mum, but I'm sure if you really liked this one, you wouldn't have gifted it to Benjamin and me in the first place. She tosses the blanket out next to the bodies, kicks them both onto it, and rolls it up. 
She casually lifts the bundle over her shoulder and goes to the south wall. She pulls out her penknife again and slices open her hand. She draws another of Benjamin's symbols on the wall, like she's done so many times before. As her palm stitches itself back together, she tries to ignore the dozens of small white legs doing most of the work. The next one is on the other side of the door. It's the big one, Obadiah. She remembers his name specifically because of how antiquated it is, how out of place. His hands have been reduced to a pulp, probably from trying to break down the door by force, but the rest of him is surprisingly intact. I guess he's got more meat on him than the little drug he had. She cuts a wide berth around the body to not interrupt the meal. The third one, Martin or Michael or whatever, is slumped up against the wall halfway down the tunnel. She recognizes him by the hat. The body is even worse than Colton's. Bethany, you idiot. Should have grabbed more of Mum's old quilts. She shrugs and moves on. She can always clean up later. As she approaches the entrance to the labyrinth, she hears something odd. Is someone laughing? She walks to the edge of the pit and looks down. There, sitting at the bottom, is the last of them. Cyrus Montgomery II sits cross-legged in front of the entrance to the labyrinth, laughing hoarsely, his mind clearly broken. She tosses the bundled blanket down next to him. Here you go, Mr. Wellington. Some friends to keep you company. He just keeps laughing, staring down the tunnel. She gives the great hole her own wary look. Nothing there now. The thing the natives called the Great Spider and her husband called Einhort apparently has somewhere better to be. She heads toward the altar. Benjamin's damned altar. She moves to the center, lays down, and starts reciting the words. The ones from her dream. The ones that let her turn the tables on her husband all those years ago. When he betrayed her. When he tried to feed her to that thing. She waits for the feeling of relief as the monsters inside her are removed. But it doesn't come. If anything, the pain gets worse. Starting to worry, she says the words again, louder. Still nothing. Now in full panic, she shrieks out the litany of fealty to Einhort again and again, but to no avail. She gets up, and that's when she sees it. The stones, meticulously carved by hand by Benjamin, following the instructions of that damn book of his, are cracked and gouged. Rubble is heaped under them, and on every single one, the symbol is completely illegible. No! No! Damn you, no! She runs to the edge of the pit and leaps off, landing hard on her feet on the bottom, short heels actually cracking the stone. She spins to face Cyrus, screaming, What did you do? But he's gone. Children of Einhort move busily back and forth, in and out and over the now silent body. She falls to her knees in front of him as another cramp hits her and starts laughing herself. It echoes behind her down the endless tunnels of the labyrinth. And far, far off in the distance, something laughs back.
The McFib Bonus Against Machine is property of Network Against Machine, LLC, all rights reserved. Call of Cthulhu 7th Edition is property of Chaosium Incorporated, and Things You Leave Behind is property of Stygian Fox Publishing. See the respective websites for more details. See the show notes for all music and sound licensing information. If you enjoyed the show, we encourage you to leave us a review. Boop. One moment. I'm going to get myself back up there to where I feel like my Obadiah waveforms. You're a little bit too loud now. Too much hot. Too much hot. Make a waveform like a peanut. Yeah, is the waveform of the word peanut shaped like a peanut? Peanut. It's kind of shaped like a peanut. Oh, yeah, a little peanut. bit. Peanut. A little bit. It's got that dip in the middle. You got to hit nut pretty hard to get the shape right. <laughs> Title, you got to hit the nut hard to get the shape right. I swear that wasn't on purpose.